right, we're going to get back into this series called Abide. And so I brought the stick back. Remember this? First week. And we haven't really uh, used it in several weeks, but I thought this is just a great picture. So I just want you to picture that there's a really healthy tree right here, maybe about this big around, right? And it's just healthy. I think this is pine. So a pine tree, right? And so the thing is, this stick is dead, right? So this stick is significantly dead. I actually picked this up in Kentucky at one point. Uh, that was a bad memory. Let's not get into that. Had a very bad back hiking the Appalachian Trail. Um, and, uh, but I picked this up and this helped me a lot. But it's a great illustration because let's just say we took a notch into that tree. And we shoved this into that notch. It's called grafting. We grafted this into the tree. And now it was there. That's the picture. This is what Jesus is saying in John 15. And he says, I'm grafting you into the tree, to the body of Christ, right? I am the vine. You are the branches. My father is the vine dresser, right? My father is the one that prunes. He'll trim it up, right? But what's he going to trim up? He's going to trim up growth. So this stick gets shoved into a live tree, Jesus Christ, and this becomes with bark again, with blossoms again, this becomes alive. That's what we're talking about. And then not only does it become alive, but it starts to bear fruit. So it can't be a pine tree anymore, unless you're going to talk about pine cones. You get the idea, you get the illustration, um, wanted to bring it back. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says, abide, remain in me, don't break off. Stay in the tree, the trunk, the family. So abide means to stay, to continue in, to remain. And we're now not in John 15, but we're, we're all the way to John 16, right? So open your Bible to John 16. And the main topic tonight is the Holy Spirit. You know, God's three persons or personalities, manifestations, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God, this will just blow your mind, all your circuits right off the start. One God, three manifestations or personalities, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The, the main topic for tonight is the Holy Spirit. And you'll see that in chapter 16. Maybe you can see the heading there, the work of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody have that written in their Bible? The work of the Holy Spirit. All right, well, we're going to talk about that tonight. It, it, it just find it just a little tidbit as you read the Bible. Like this is like the worst, you know, that the verse, verse things were added and the paragraphs were added and the, you know, the chapters were added later. This was just written. It was just one big, long thing. Why would you split verse four in the middle? Why would you do that? I don't know who was in charge of this verse, but I think they fell asleep. They're splitting this verse up. They could have split it up differently. So it's just kind of a really interesting place to break up, but uh, they did it that way. So the topic is the Holy Spirit. I, the title of the message tonight is Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit, all right? So my hope, my prayer is that if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, that tonight would be a good night to do that, right? That'd be awesome. So last week we learned 
that the world, now there's three words for the world, right? The world, the planet, the world, the people, and the world, the philosophy or the world system. So last week we learned that the world system, the the philosophy of this world, hates us because we're different. We're not the same. We don't do the same things, right? And so I gave you some help with hatred. And uh, you can see that the world hates uh, on Facebook or the media or I mean, just all over the place. Or maybe at your job you got yelled at this week. I don't know. But uh, that's what we worked on last week. So we're going out of that, right? Help with hatred to now Holy Spirit. What do, what do you have for us tonight, God, in regards to the Holy Spirit? So this week, Jesus addresses the subject and the reality of the Holy Spirit again. Again. You're like, well, what, what do you mean again? Well, he's talked about it before. And I want to show you that he's talked about it before, before I go deep into this passage. All right? Because... Because this isn't the first time that he's talked about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And I think, you know, it's, it's one thing to just preach it and be like, yeah, receive the Holy Spirit. Here it is. It's another thing to show you solid evidence from ongoing scripture that this is what Jesus is actually asking us to do. All right. So I want you to take your Bible and I want you to flip back a few pages, right, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 is pretty familiar. Anybody know John 3.16? Come on now, who can say it? You guys online? Anybody? Can you quote John 3.16? I'd love to hear it. Okay, hold on. That's it, right? So it's like everybody knows John 3.16. Man, not really, you know. But John 3.16, it's a thing. It's the most quoted scripture in all of the, of the Bible. And I want to start in John 3, and I want to go through. And, and I want you to get to John 3, and then I want you to see it for yourself in the scriptures. This isn't something Pastor Steve made up. Get online, I'm giving you, I'm stalling. I'm giving you time to go grab your Bible or get one on your phone, your smartphone or something, so that you can see it from scripture, what he's saying. Okay, let me pray. Father God, thank you for Jesus Christ. He came for us. He died for us. He rose again in victory over sin and death. And now he sits at your right hand interceding for us. So now, Jesus, I'm asking you as you intercede for us through um, your dialogue with the Father, that you would intercede for those in this room and intercede for those in uh, online, those that are hearing this message, that the word of God would go forth in such a strong and powerful way that you would be glorified, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that as you are in us, at least some of us, as you're groaning things we don't even know to pray, it says in Romans 8, that you would be groaning the things that God, Jesus, Father, you want to do in our lives, and that you would show us, reveal to us new things that we haven't learned yet, because that's what you do, Holy Spirit. You teach us all things that we don't know yet because we couldn't bear it yet. But now tonight, as we bear this, I pray that we'll learn it, grow in it, and apply it. That we'll know it, that we'll accept it, and that we'll apply it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. 
Let's pray. I just did that. Let's go. All right. So John 3, does anybody know what the story is of John 3? It's Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's like a religious guy. It's like the Pope, right? Here comes the Pope to Jesus, right? That's basically what it is. Like a really high ranking religious official comes to Jesus and he says, hey, we know, look what it says here at the start. He says, I can't flip this new Bible to save my life. All right. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, and he's going to teach us tonight. We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? That doesn't make any sense. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? All right, we're in a medical community. This is getting a little ridiculous right now. Right? That ain't happening. Right? Jesus answered, this is a key. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, physical birth, not baptism, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh, water, is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit, spirit, is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. How many of you guys were born before? Born once? I mean, everybody should raise their hand on that. Ed, come on. All right. Everybody online is raising their hand. They're like, yes, I've been born before. I wasn't, I don't remember anything about it, but my parents have told me all about it, right? It was a very painful experience for them, for one of them. All right. And my dad was freaking out because he was out of control. All right. So we're all born once, but he's saying you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Wind is a play on words because wind and spirit are the same kind of Greek word. Very similar. So it is with everyone who is born with the Spirit. You know, Jordan just got up here and he's like, I, I don't understand it all. Yeah, it's mysteries is what it said. It's mysteries. It's mysterious. When you start talking about spiritual things, spiritual beings like the Holy Spirit, that's a mystery. I don't know. Explain to me the Holy Spirit. Uh, like, what, what do I know about the Holy Spirit? Whatever Jesus tells us, that's what we know about the Holy Spirit. Whatever Jesus tells us, that's what we know. All right? And Jesus says, you need to be baptized. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be born again into the Spirit from above. Okay, so keep going. So flip in your Bible, just keep now, you're going to turn to your right. Just turn to your right to chapter 7. Chapter 7. So Jesus has already talked about the Holy Spirit. And he's kind of coming to the end with his disciples. Remember that he's coming to the end and we were like getting the like last speech. Okay? This is like the last words he wants to say to you. And he's leading up to it this whole time. Okay, 
Uh, John chapter 7, verse 37. If you're there, say you're there. All right. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. If anyone, okay, cried out. So I got to say this loud. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I mean, he yelled it. He's like, he cried out. He, like, prim and proper, like, night, we're all at church. We're at the feast. We're at the festival. It's going to be great. And Jesus is like, hey, I need your attention. This is what's going to happen. Do you thirst? Think about the woman of the well. She, she was like, sure, give me this water. I never want to come back to this well. Out of your hearts will flow rivers of living water. Does that sound like you? Does that sound like me? I hope so. Now this he said about, what does it say? I just want to make sure you're reading the same Bible. The Spirit whom those who believed in him, who? In Jesus, were to receive. The title of the message tonight is Receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. That's what the song talked about. All right. Keep going. Flip over a couple more pages to John 13. John 13. Remember what happens in John 13? Who remembers what happens in John 13? Jesus gives his disciples uh, an example. He's like, I'm going to wash your feet. You know what? Masters don't do this for slaves, but teachers don't do this for their students, but I'm giving you a different thing than religion, than hierarchy. I'm giving you a new way. We love one another. And so if I, being your master and Lord, wash your feet, you also ought to wash other people's feet. Oh, that's cool. That's different. That's new. He says, yeah, it's a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So in verse 19 and 20, look at verse 19 and 20. And in the middle of this, he says, I am telling you this now before it takes place. What was he telling him? That he was going to be betrayed. Was he betrayed? Yes, he was by Judas. Documented fact. I'm telling you this before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. I am who? I'm the Messiah, the one you've all been waiting for. And then he says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one who sends, who, the one I send receives me. I butchered that, so let me say it again. Truly, truly, Jesus speaking, I say to you, disciples, Whoever receives the one I send, receives me. Receive the one I send. Who's the one that he sends? The Holy Spirit. If you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive Jesus. Okay? So I guess the title of the message could be, Receive Jesus. That could be the title, right? All right. And whoever receives me, Jesus, receives the one who sent me. So I guess the title of the message could be, Receive the Holy Spirit, receive Jesus, receive the Father. Receive God. All right? All right, keep going. Let's keep going. He's talked about the Holy Spirit several times. Now get to John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14, verse 15. I just needed you to see this from scripture because I'm thinking it as I'm preaching. I'm thinking, oh yeah, he said this, he said this, he said this. I can't go and preach this message without you being on the same page and knowing where we've come from, all right? So here it is, John 14, 15. If you love me, do you love Jesus? You will keep my commandments. Remember from Matthew, I think it is chapter 11, verse 27 to 29, he said, my commandments are not burdensome. You're like, well, man, it's hard to keep the, the law. Yeah, but with the Holy Spirit, the commandments are not burdensome. The Holy Spirit lives it out in your life. Okay, so keep going. If you love me, my, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another helper. Remember, I talked about this last week. Another of the same kind, another helper another comforter, another advocate, another counselor. So Jesus is like, I'm here. I do all those things for you now. But when I leave, another person is going to come. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit comes. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you, what does it say? Forever. That's encouraging. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. He's not like, well, sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. He's there forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells in you, dwells with you. Okay, hold on. You know him because he dwells with you. The picture there is Jesus is living with them. You know him because he dwells with you. I'm here with you. And will be in you. That's the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? Jesus is with you. Holy Spirit in you. Okay? All right. Then he goes on and he says in verse, uh, look across the page at verse 26. Let's back up to verse 23. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. That seems like a theme. And my father will love him. And we, we plural, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, will come to him, to you, believers, and make our home with him. Then he goes on, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then I just love this verse, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know what the Holy Spirit brings? The fruit of the Spirit. You know what the third fruit of the Spirit is? Peace. Peace. All right. We've gotten there. Whew. Everybody go, whew. Online, I heard you. Woo. All right, but now you're caught up. Now, here's the thing. We're talking about receive the Holy Spirit tonight, and I'm going to get to this passage. I'm going to read it. And I want you to just make a note of what it's saying and, and what we need to do, okay? I did not, verse 4, in the middle of verse 4, pick it up in the middle. I did not say these things to you, from the beginning. 
when I started hanging out with you three and a half years ago? (laughs) Because I was with you, Jesus says. But now I am going to him, the Father, who sent me. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. It's a legal term, but it sounds like a tennis term. Um, That I go away. And for if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, we know this, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world, the world, the people. You're like, how do you know that? Well, just wait till I read the rest. The world, the people concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they, people, do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Jesus was their righteous example. They could see a righteous example. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged by the cross of Jesus Christ. I still have many things to say to you. You're like, dude, you already read so much scripture, I can't handle another word. Just think of all the words Jesus said to his disciples over three years. But look at how loving Jesus is. And I've pushed you a little bit tonight. I've gone to a lot of scriptures. But look at how loving Jesus is. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Do you know how many more things I want to say to you tonight? (laughs) But you cannot bear them now, right? So, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare, there it is, He's going to say some things to you, the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All right, let's pray. God, we've read a lot. I just pray that your Holy Spirit will open our eyes to see it. To see what you're saying. To see how you're saying it. To be obedient because we love you. We keep your commandments. Your commandments are not burdensome. Your commandments are loving towards us. This is the way it should be. This is the way it it, it was when Adam was perfect back in the day in the garden. And this is the way it would be now through your plan. Help us to see it. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to accept it and apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as I was studying this, um, I was, was brought to my mind that at one point I had to know and hear the word at some point, receive the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't when I was five. It wasn't when I was 10. It wasn't when I was 15. It wasn't when I was 20. And I'd been going to church a long time. And everybody's like, believe in Jesus. Receive Jesus in your heart. Those are good things. Not saying they're bad. But nobody was saying receive the Holy Spirit. 
Nobody. And it wasn't until I heard a couple new preachers, right, preach from God's word, the Holy Spirit, that I was like, hold on. Oh, yeah, I know about the Father. I know about the Son. There's this thing called thing. Is that what it is? No. There's this person, man, without a body, called the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. This is the illustration my uh, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave me. So just to help you understand, knowing is only part of the battle, right? Knowing is half the battle, we'll say. And this is called ointment. And if I go to the doctor and I say, I, I have an itch. Not there. I have an itch like, you know, like toe fungus or something itch, right? And the, and the doctor prescribes you, he goes, oh, I know what the problem is. And he tells me, here's the problem. And I go, oh, thanks. Now I know what the problem is. I've got toe fungus. I've been at the rack with my shoes off too much, right? Ain't the real thing. Where are your flip-flops? But you go, he gives you the, or he, he says, hey, here's the problem. And you're like, oh, great, knowing. I know, there's the problem. That's half the battle. Then he says, well, here, I want you to take this. You have to accept it, right? You have to go, you could be like, no, nah, that's okay. I just know what's wrong. I don't need anything. He's like, no, no, you need this. Take this, apply it, right? And so you have to accept it, right? So like you accept it. A lot of times you go buy it, right? A prescription across. You don't have to buy this. This is free. It's called salvation. You accept it, right? God gives it to you and you accept it. And then what? You have to apply it. If you never take the cap off this bad boy, I don't care if you have it in your hand or not. You have to like get that thing and you have to ap apply it, right? You got to put some on there. And you got to maybe do it a few times and maybe fully apply it, right? And maybe apply it a few times. You get what I'm saying. All right, here's the thing. You know, I knew about God all my life because I grew up going to church. I knew about him. And I accepted God when I was 16 years old, January 15th, 1992, because my sin was so heavy on me that I was like, I'm a sinner, I need a savior. And I accepted Jesus as the payment of my sin. Sweet. How are you going to apply that? That's the question. How are you going to apply that to your life? Well, I'm going to start changing things. I'm going to, in my own strength, you know, I'm going to start changing my behavior. So I'm going to stop doing that. And I'm going to start doing that because Jesus says, don't do this and do that. That sounds like work salvation to me. So if that's the way you're applying it, we've got to do something different. And I've tried to apply it that way many times. And I'm not saying you don't have a free will, a human nature. And I'm not saying you shouldn't use it. You should. But I'm saying left to your own human nature and free will, you won't make it. It ain't going to happen. You're going to fall on your face. And like Jordan said, because you fall on your face doesn't mean God loves you any less. He still loves you. But I think, no, I know. God's like, I love you and I gave you the Holy Spirit so that you don't have to keep falling on your face. I gave you the Holy Spirit so that you'll have a helper, a comforter that can help you make these changes you really want to make. 
Now that the Holy Spirit's in you. All right. The title of the message tonight is Receive the Holy Spirit. Hopefully that illustration helps you. Knowing isn't enough. Accepting isn't enough. You need to apply this to your life. All right? Got it? Everybody's got it. Okay. You guys are ready. I'm ready. The key, because we're talking about abiding, the key to abiding in God is to receive the Holy Spirit. That is the key. The key to abiding in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is to receive the Holy Spirit. So, you're like, well, I don't know. I'm not convinced. (laughs) Man, there's so many more verses I want to go to. But here, I'll just go to one. John chapter 21. Okay, a little bit more. John 21. (laughs) John 21. uh, John 20, sorry. John 20. And look at verse... 21 and 22. And when he had said this, actually, let me back up. 21, Jesus said to them again, because he had already said it before, we just read it, peace, right? I leave with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to go from there. You just take out your pen. If you're online, get your pen ready. I want to go from there and I want to give you a bunch more references, but I'm going to give them to you and you can go research this on your own, okay? Because I'm not going to go to all these right now. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, 5, and 8. You can read the whole thing. I'm trying to trim it down for you. That's I'm doing the work of a pastor, trying to make it simple for you, right? You read the whole thing, that's fine. But Acts chapter 1, verses 4, 5, and 8. Go look at what it says there. I think you're going to see a theme. Receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 32 and 33. 32 and 33. And then verse 38 and 39. Okay? Acts chapter 2. 32, 33, 38, 39. And then Acts chapter 8, 14 through 17. 14 through 17. Acts 8, 14 through 17. You go in your private study this this week in the secret place and you can study these things and you can ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up. Acts 8, 14 through 17. Acts 10, 44 through 48, Acts 10, 44 through 48, Acts 10, 44 through 48, and Acts 19, 1 through 6, Acts 19, 1 through 6. So if you're online, you're like, slow down, professor, I can't hear you, but you know, you can text me if you have my phone number and I can text you all those scriptures as well. I'm just going to give you one more tidbit before I dive in, Okay. Romans 6, 7, and 8. Those are chapters, not verses. Romans 6, 7, and 8. 1 Corinthians 2, 12, 13, and 14. And Galatians 3 and 5. Now, if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, that's where you're going. Does that make sense? I'll give them to you again. Romans 6, 7, and 8. 1 Corinthians 2, 12, 13, and 14. Galatians 3 and 5. Now, I love it when you guys write this down because I'm like, dude, they're going to go look at this. 
they're going to go radically changed. You know, they're going to, the word's going to just, it's going to be awesome. Now, Revelation 22 is another verse I'd like to go to, but I'm going to put it on the screen. Revelation chapter 22. You're like, what's significant about Revelation chapter 22? It's the end of the Bible. That's significant, right? And it's the end of the Bible, and I want you to see what's happening here. Jesus, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. Revelation is written for the churches, right? I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star, the one you've been waiting for, I am. And then he gets to verse 22, or 17, sorry. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Notice something. He added something, didn't he? It's for the churches. That's the bride. But now he adds the spirit. So he's assuming the spirit and the bride are together. He's assuming the bride has received the spirit. He's assuming it. The spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come and let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. You don't have to buy this prescription. Come. So here's how I'm going to preach this passage. The key to abiding in God is to receive the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this, Holy Spirit, come. Okay? Holy Spirit, come. Everybody, wouldn't you say that? Let's just say it together. Holy Spirit, come. All right, I didn't hear you. Holy Spirit, come. That's it. Holy Spirit, come. How, how's that going to happen? Okay? Holy Spirit, come. Here's the first thing. Comfort me with your presence. Holy Spirit, come comfort me with your presence. Just be here with us. Just be here. If you would just be here with us, Holy Spirit, we would be comforted by that. See it from the text, because I'm not making this up. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. What does Jesus say? I'm with you. We're buddies. Here we are, the 12. I'm with you. And I want you to notice, but now I am going to him who sent me. They've been talking about this for the last couple of chapters. And none of you asked me, where are you going? Like, I think Peter asked him that. I mean, remember chapter 13, he kind of said something similar. Well, Jesus isn't a liar. You don't have to worry about it. Just understand what he's saying. You didn't ask me where I'm going, like what's good for you, Jesus. You're all worried about yourself. So they're all being selfish. You ever, does that sound familiar to anybody? That's my natural tendency. I'm going to be selfish. You tell, Kimberly says, I'm leaving. I'm like, oh, I'm not thinking, where are you going? I'm not asking her about her. I'm going, dude, you're leaving me with five kids. Are you leaving me a meal plan? Are you leaving me instructions? Matter of fact, I don't want to do this without you, honey. I'd love you to be here. Can you get it? That's what they're saying to Jesus. No, we don't want you to go. You're the man. She the man. Trust me, at our house. She the woman. All right. So here's the thing. But now I'm going. And none of you ask you where, where you're going. They're not care about Jesus. They're like worried about themselves. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For so I'm, not, I'm doing this for your good. I'm not doing this for your evil. I'm doing this for your good. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I thought the Father was sending the Holy Spirit. Anybody? That's why you got to go over to Acts chapter 2, verse 23, or 32 and 33 and read it because it'll explain to you the language that we've... It's like, who's sending him? Jesus, the Father? I don't get it. It's three and one. can get confusing, all right? But he says here, I, if I go, I will send him to you. Holy Spirit, come. Comfort me with your presence. Just like Jesus was there for the disciples and how comforting that was for them, they didn't have to fight their battles. They didn't have to make loaves and fishes multiply. He did it. They didn't have to you know, walk on water by themselves. As a matter of fact, they couldn't. Remember Peter sinking? They couldn't do anything. Remember John 15? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like, then why are you leaving? I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be with you. And he's going to be with you how long? I think we read this. Forever. So if you receive the Holy Spirit... He'll be with you forever, for eternity. Think about that. How comforting is it? Jesus says, because I was with you. And then he says, the truth is, the advantage is, you know what? If I go away, I'm going to send a helper. He will come. I will send him to you, the Holy Spirit. And that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control will comfort you. And this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, when Paul sums it up, his fourth letter to the Corinthians, he sums it up, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. How much grace has Jesus Christ supplied to you with the blood of the cross? Just think about that. And the love of the Father, God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship, what is that? We're having fellowship right now. The companionship, the being together in it, the partnership. Even those that are online, if they're following along, they're, they're having fellowship with us around the Holy Spirit. This book I've been reading, the Holy Spirit is our partner, right? Right? And this book I've been reading is, is The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner, right? The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. This is an astounding book. You know, this is not the Bible. Let's just be clear. But this references the Bible a lot. <laughs> and a lot of this is drawn straight from Scripture. And it's been very helpful for me to understand what's the role of the Holy Spirit in my life? And what's my role with Him, right? I'm the junior partner. He's the senior partner. Does that make sense? I'm the one submitting to him. He's the one leading, guiding me. Does that make sense? Okay, that's what the Holy Spirit's like. So you receive him as a gift from Jesus. He's like, Jesus like, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be, this is so good. Like, you don't have to be alone. I'm going to be with you. 
inside of you. Spirit. Like when you go on a flight to Florida later, uh, next month we're going to go to Florida. You don't have to buy an extra ticket. You don't have to get two people on the plane. You can just, I'll go with you. Right on the plane. How convenient. Doesn't eat anything. All he does is give. Living water. I'm Holy Spirit, come. Comfort me with your presence. I want you to be with me. So here's my question. The advocate, the counselor, the helper will come to you. That's what Jesus said, right? Is Jesus a liar? No. So when he says he'll come to you, I believe he'll come to you. I believe that. So here's my question. Have you received the Holy Spirit? It's a fair question. Begs the answer, right? I want to know. Have I received the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Now, that's a loaded question, and I want to answer that, but I got to do that in another message, okay? All I want you to be now is open to, I want to receive the Holy Spirit because that's the gift God has for me. Okay, we're good. Number two, Holy Spirit, come, convict me with your truth. Convict me with your truth. Holy Spirit, come, convict me with your truth. See it there from verse eight. I'm taking this straight from scripture. And when he comes, Holy Spirit, he will convict the world the people concerning sin. Because the world system doesn't sin. You know that? The world planet doesn't sin. The world system is sin. But the people are the sinners, right? So this is the world people. He's going to convict the world people of their sin. And righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me. People don't believe in Jesus. Did you know that? It seems foreign to us because we believe in Jesus. That's why we're here. But there are people, the world, that don't believe in Jesus. And again, remember, you would not hit a blind person, right? So just because they can't see it yet doesn't mean like you slap them, right? You don't hit blind people. They don't see it yet. Ask for God to open up their eyes. Ask for God to let them see it. Okay. And then this. So let me, get, let me give you it this way. He's going to convict you, uh, me with, with his truth. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he will come, convicting the world, okay, of the truth about these three things, okay? The sin of unbelief. Anybody had the sin of unbelief before? Some of you guys need to raise your hand tonight. You're like, receive the Holy Spirit. I don't believe. I receive Jesus. Like, okay, well. That's the sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief. He convicts us of the sin of unbelief. That's the truth. The truth about that. The truth about the righteousness of Jesus. The righteousness of Jesus. You stole my verse, so I'm not even going to say it. 2 Corinthians uh, Corinthians 5.21, right? Him who knew no sin. Who's that? Jesus. Became sin for us so that we might be made, right? What? The righteousness. We're made the righteousness of Christ. That's crazy. When God looks at you, he sees perfection. I don't feel perfect. 
Yeah, I know. Feels like the Holy Spirit's still working some stuff off my life. Yeah, I know. But he looks at you through rose-colored glasses. Let's call it Jesus' blood-colored glasses. He, he looks at you through different lenses. He's like, that's my son. That's my daughter. Because Jesus paid for us. I love it. And then, so that's the righteousness part. So he, can, he convicts us concerning righteousness. He says this, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. What? You're not going to see my righteousness any longer. So somebody has to tell you about my righteousness. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you Jesus was righteous. Remember here? Look at the scripture. That was the righteousness of Jesus. You should act like that. He convicts me of that. Does he convict you of that? It's like, yeah, I want to be like him. All right, and then this. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit reminds you of something. You know what he reminds you of? You know what he convicts you of? Because sometimes we forget. Satan is a defeated enemy. Do you know what took care of that? The cross of Jesus Christ. So you are living in victory. Satan is already defeated. I know he's got a lot of minions on this earth, and it's a mess. I get it. But I'm telling you this, Jesus is in control, not only of the world, but of your life, if you'll let him be, if you'll receive the Holy Spirit and be, you know, Holy Spirit, come, convict me of your truth that I have unbelief. Confess all unbelief, okay? I don't think I'm righteous, but I have the righteousness of Jesus. I don't think this is a winning war right now. I'm struggling, but Satan is defeated. That's what he's supposed to do. See, Adam was given the authority and dominion. Do you remember Genesis 1? And Satan ripped us all off in chapter 3 of Genesis. He took the dominion, the authority of this earth from Adam. No, he didn't take it. Adam handed it to him. He's like, here, I like being in charge. So I picked you, not God. He should have stayed under God, right? I picked you, all right? Well, now he, he gave it all away. You gave it away. But what did Jesus do? He gave us an opportunity to restore this because he's the perfect Adam. He came, he lived a perfect life. He died a sinless death and he rose from the dead in victory over sin and death. And if you accept that into your life and you believe that, then he gives you the Holy Spirit, right? To teach you these things, to guide you into these things, to help you. So Satan is now judged and defeated. End of story, done. You don't have to do that thing you used to do. You can live in victory. All right, keep going. I'm on a roll right now. Okay, I'm too excited. and You might not be as excited as I am about this. Online, are you still there? All right. It's like, no, I clicked off. Holy Spirit, come. Last one. Communicate to me your plan. Communicate to me your plan. Look at it, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you but you can't bear them now. Kind of feel like that right now. When the spirit of the truth comes, go read the word. Go ask the spirit this week. He will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. In case you're down on the Holy Spirit, he's not even going to speak for himself. But whatever he hears, 
He will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come, the future plans. And what else was he going to do? He's going to remind you what was already happening, right? Jesus said, he's going to declare the future and the past, right? He's going to be all over it. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All right, let me just break this down for you real quick. Communicate, Holy Spirit, come, communicate to me your plan. Here's the thing. Here's what I do. Here's what you do. Come on, Jesus, give us the play. Come on, Jesus, call the play. I'll be the running back. I'll catch the game-winning touchdown. Just call the play. Call my number. Come on, Jesus. That's my prayers. That's probably your prayers. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Tell us what you're going to do. Tell us how you're going to do it. Include me in it. Come on, Jesus. I feel like that. You know what Jesus is saying? I handed the ball to the Holy Spirit. I handed it off. Holy Spirit came through. Right elbow up. He came through. And he has the ball. You want me to play quarterback? I already won the game. The confetti is already falling. You don't need me to play quarterback. I'm standing up here on stage getting the MVP trophy. I handed the celebration plans off to the Holy Spirit. He's running the play right now. Listen to him. He's going to tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. He's going to be the guy for this church age. The Holy Spirit has the ball. Is that clear? Because I always just like, come on, Jesus. Like, call the play. Call the play. Be the quarterback of the team. Call the church. You're the head. They're the bride, right? And Jesus like, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And in case we get into football too much, football's a competition. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit and Jesus don't compete. You saw it. What is the Holy Spirit going to do? He will glorify me. Holy Spirit's like, hey, let me call the play. Jesus. Hey, I got another play. Come here, come here, come here. All right, this is good. Just, just catch this one. Like, Jesus. That's what we're running today. We're running the Jesus play again. You ready? Let's go. Break. Okay. Like, that's what he's going to do. There's no competition between the Holy Spirit and Jesus, right? So churches that make it about that, they're like all Holy Spirit or all Jesus. Like, come on. It's not that. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Jesus says he will glorify. Jesus said, I will glorify the Father, right? So let's not get all screwed up here. We need to look to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide the church of Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? We need church. Wake up. <laughs> We're in the church age. We need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide the church of Jesus. To call the next play as he hears it from the Father and from Jesus himself. What? How, okay, so let me just answer this and we'll be done. How does the Spirit communicate with us? How does he communicate? You're like, duh, duh, and duh. <laughs> it's like, it won't be hard. How does the Spirit communicate? The Spirit wrote this. The Holy Spirit moved men. Okay, there's a verse for that. Let me throw it on the screen for you. Second Peter. 
I promise is the last verse. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. This is a light under your feet, a lamp under your path. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Who's the right morning star? Jesus, okay. Know, know this first of all. Here it is that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God and wrote it down as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote the book. He even reminded people what to write down. John, he's like, hey, John, remind, let me remind you what to write down. This, I want you to talk about the Spirit. I want you to talk about the Father. I want you to talk about Jesus. I want you to do this, right? So through God's word, through spirit-filled people, spirit-filled people. Do you have any spirit-filled people in your life? My wife went to Little Caesars the other day. She went to the drive-thru. She was telling me the story about this girl, and she's like, you know, when I drove up, as soon as she opened her mouth, I knew. I just knew. You ever feel like that? Just you get around somebody and they're just like, dude, something different about them. There's a light in them. There's a, there's a warmth to them. That's called the Holy Spirit. It's different. It's cool. And if you're around some spirit-filled people, the Holy Spirit can talk through those spirit-filled people to you. You can see it in Acts. You can see it in 1 Timothy. You can see it in 2 Timothy. Paul's all over it. Third, how does the Holy Spirit communicate with us? Through his own ways and words. That's the best I can sum it up. You're like, what does that mean? Uh, let me try. Dreams, visions, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy. His words, his ways, I don't know. What did John 3 say? The wind blows where it wishes. He gets to decide how he's talking to you. Now, we test the spirits, right? Because we don't want an evil spirit to be talking to us. We test the spirits. I'm not saying that. Don't be dumb. Don't be blind. Test it by scripture. That's the written word. We have it. But he's going to speak to you. I actually have a couple times where people in our church have, have spoken through the Holy Spirit. This is a note from a girl that named Cindy that hasn't gone to our church in five years. God wants you to stop thinking so much. He says, be still. There may be things you're trying to control or perfect by yourself. He wants you to stop and just listen to him. He is speaking to you. He may also, you may also be consumed by sin or regret. He wants you to stop. Trust. He loves you. That's a word. I mean, that's, what, that's a word. There's nothing in there I'm going, huh, no, that doesn't match scripture. No, that's not it. No. That's a word. That's the Holy Spirit. All right. And then this, a note of piercing. This is an email I've kept. This came out in November 11th, 2019. In the midst of some hard stuff for our church. Okay. Hello, pastor. I'm not going to say who the lady's name is. We attended Harvest for several years. You and Harvest continue, because our church name used to be Harvest, it's now Lift, we changed our name. 
Continue to be on, a, on my heart and prayers. Recently, I had a dream that I felt pierced to share with you. Pastor Steve, in the dream, you had your eyes on a picture of Jesus. I saw the pic of Jesus and it melted my heart in the dream. You were seeking God, praying and wanting to hear from him. However, in the dream, many people around you were distracting you, talking so loudly, so much busyness and noise was occurring that you were really struggling to focus, just to focus on Jesus and his word to you in this hour. I printed this out. I brought it to our elders. I was like, I don't know. Is this for us? <laughs> Somebody wrote me an email. But I kept it. And after all of it, that's true. I didn't know when it's a prophecy from the Holy Spirit. When it becomes true. That's true, actually. That is actually true. I'm praying for you, Pastor, that the mouths and voices of, that are bringing distraction from him would be shut, closed, and, and if necessary, even removed in, in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that you bring those distractors to their knees in repentance and that the spirit of truth, the, uh, the world, word of the Lord would come forth. Open Steve's ears wide to hear your voice from your throne in this hour. Okay, that's enough. Like, that note is priceless. I mean, when I first got that, I thought it was wacky. I was like, what in the world? But now knowing what I know, I'm glad I kept the note. That's priceless. That's spot on. That's the Holy Spirit saying, Steve, wake up. And if I would have listened, things might have been different. But when I don't listen to the Holy Spirit, things get a mess. The title of the message tonight is Receive the Holy Spirit. You have to have him for him to talk to you, for him to move in you. And you know what? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What does it say? If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and sup with him. That's King James. I'll come in and have fellowship with him. Who's he writing that to? Revelation chapter 2 or 3, I can't remember. I think it's 320. Revelation 320. Who's he talking to? Unbelievers? No, he's talking to the church. Hey, church. The Holy Spirit is knocking. He's knocking louder than he's ever knocked before. And he wants to come in. He wants to abide with you. He wants to be the source of you abiding with Jesus. Let's just get it right. He wants to be the source of your abiding with Jesus. Here's how you're going to do that. We always talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus, and you should. The Holy Spirit makes that possible. Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because he's a person too. It's a good question. Receive him and his authority in your life today for the first time or yet again. And ask him to fill you full, overflowing, rivers of living water, right? Flowing, overflowing, fullness. That's a great word. When you're talking about the Holy Spirit, fullness. Here's how. Just going to give you this. Ask him to fill you. You're like, oh, that was easy. 
Okay, here, here it is. Confess all known sin. Are you a sinner? Yeah, I am. <laughs> He's convicting of me of my sin of unbelief right now. He's just, I'm a sinner. Yeah, I am. Confess all known sin. Find yourself righteous in Jesus. Just see the picture the way God painted it. I'm righteous in Jesus. I'm righteous in Jesus. See Satan judged. And you no longer judge because you're not on his team. You're not judged, nor are you condemned. And then last, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his powerful presence, truth, and plans. Can we do that? Let's just do that right now, okay? So you pray as I pray. We're just going to ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for this good gift, the Holy Spirit. And I can only ask for myself. I want it for everyone in this room. I want it for everyone who watches this message, who's hearing it online. I want it for them. But I'm asking for me. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, with the helper, the advocate that you sent to fill us up, to keep us close to you. I believe. I receive. I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins. I receive the Holy Spirit into my life as the seal of that salvation that Jesus provided. God, we receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Father, send him. Holy Spirit, send him. Jesus, send him. Holy Spirit, come. Hmm.